Hello, I'm Claire Doherty, the director of Arnolfini in Bristol. You're listening to the Imagine New Rules podcast. Today I'm joined by writer, historian and performer Edson Burton, who's based in Bristol and is known for all sorts of things, including a recent Radio 4 series. As part of our Rethinking New Rules for a Contemporary Arts Centre, we commissioned Edson to write a text, which you can read in the bookshop window of Arnolfini, and he's going to read that for us now. Imagine this building, a story in stone, no longer stood, that brick, glass and steel quietly crumbled and whispered like dust into the wind. Imagine a cosmos of memories, a bridge lost in fog, wood-carved lily pads caressed by water, suture stitches stretched between white walls, whale and slave history writ across giant screens, monster-making with plastic limbs, stone trails from tundra journeys, big Jeff's blonde curls bouncing. Imagine each memory like a star blinking its last. Imagine the quiet spaces of reflection, conversations in rare journals read and purchased, a nip to the loo, a winter refuge, cafe meetings, chance encounters, a romantic rendezvous, all these intimacies gone. Imagine, dwarfed by the height and weight of gravitas, you never entered. Imagine every assorted memory slipped beyond recollection. All that remains the echo of a place of unusual gathering that created peculiar communities, a place that offered little to the grinding struggles of survive and thrive, yet was precious beyond material promise. Imagine if all that remains of our flickering memory is that here was a place devoted to art, a word evoking laughter, surprise, fear, sorrow, envy, disappointment, and sometimes awe. Imagine if... Now it is gone, you ache and understand its loss. Imagine if pulled by an irresistible current you are compelled to build anew. Where would you begin? With what materials? Wood, brick, stone, glass? All, some or none of the above? Stunned by the enormity of possibility, perhaps you will dive into history. But retrieving treasure from times past may swim against the tide of destiny. Nor do our current shrines to art offer easy resource. Comfort and climb of muted rebellion, the white-walled gallery bears the mournful silence of long-dead asylums. The cult of the few gather with too little surprise. Digital diversions unmake our urge to create, and the chance of strange encounters grows distant. The future calls with urgency. Our city grapples with unruly wonders and soured discontents. For centuries suppressed by old dead masters, new generations clamour to express contrary histories. Through word and action, anger erupts. The empathic grow uncertain, the intolerant ever more bold. We know that what we are is not enough, but we do not know what we are to become. We wade through our impasse. Imagine if this place gave this city's quarrelling factions reason to pause. Imagine if in this pause power is lost and shared. 
Imagine if in this place the questions of our time might be freshly posed and together answers sought. In that journey of shared inquiry, we will at last be born. Imagine the spirit of this place flowed out like streams into every space where souls yearned to create and nurtured new tongues, new forms and new growth. But this place will only come into being if all feel embraced, if all see their souls reflected. This will require new rules that challenge those written and unwritten of former times. Imagine it is you, mind, spirit, sinew, that wrote the new rules. But write not for permanency, as our forebears have done. Write in water, or write in sand. Let new rules last, and when new times come and say they are done, let them pass. Thank you so much, Edson, and welcome to the podcast series. Last week, I was mentioning Sanctum when thinking about what our first rule might be for a new Centre for Contemporary Arts. And I wondered, as someone who was quite involved in that project, what you felt we learnt from that that we might take forward as one of our new rules. The thing that struck me quite powerfully about Sanctum is the permission it gave performers and audience to engage. And I think one of the, one of the key problems we have in the arts is that... Uh, we delegitimize our involvement based on our positionality, particularly on whether or not we feel we have the right art language, whether we feel that we occupy a space that could be described as, as being an artist or, or creating art. Um, and in my involvement with Sanctum, one of the first most intriguing uh, issues I encountered were artists sort of second-guessing whether or not they were genuinely being invited. But I'm the musician, I'm the rapper, I'm this. And ruling themselves out of the equation until the reassurance that actually, no, this is a durational piece for all of Bristol and the whole plethora of artists to come. And so suddenly I think that created a coalescence of performers, the like of which I've never seen before. Um, my experience of Bristol is cutting across very different constituencies of audience and of performer. And um, rarely do the twain meet. And often when they do, they then go their own separate ways through different exit points to different parts of the city. And to create a space of communion between artists and audience is what made Sanctum truly special. In a sense, it's almost as if, like, um, in there are two fields of life, I guess, sport and uh, perhaps worship, where what one does becomes secondary to the point of being there and being present in the moment. It creates a, a new way of being that is about being present and being human at that time. And I think perhaps this is the, this is the thing one wants to try and engineer for a new art space, that one enters and feels that whatever the framework, whatever the knowledge you have, it is legitimate to bring to understanding why you're there and what you appreciate and what you see. And also, by the same token, that your reason for being there is not decided on what part of the city you're from, where you're from, what your background or income is. This is genuinely a space that's owned and fluid and to which one brings a personal understanding. 
And that's definitely going on, isn't it, already in the city? I sense that in pockets, you know, in particular projects or in certain organisations that are open and porous and generous, um, all sorts of ways in which that's occurring. I guess the question is, in a way, how do we learn from what other organisations are doing and, and work with them or artist-led groups or community groups and uh, and, and create, build a new space that has a visual arts route. Um, I, I think that's key, it feels like, to the city. Do you sense that that needs to happen in the centre of the city? Like, is it important that there is a space that does that in the centre of the city? Or, or do you think it should happen somewhere other than the city centre? I feel that the city centre... It is about a sense of ownership of the city centre. And while I feel that work should reach out um, and that... There, it's, it's, more, it's perhaps in a different way, slightly. There is a fluid space between being out and being within that there are projects and there are spaces which reach people in their particular communities and their spaces, especially where the horizon is that the city centre is not for us. However, I feel to give up the idea of having a city centre-based location is to sustain the walls that separate us. And instead, what I would suggest is that the city centre needs to feel displaced in its ownership, that as taxpayers, as citizens, as people, as agents of different kinds, that the centre is demystified um, and disowned and re-owned by everyone, that the point of reaching out is that there is a fluid relationship between coming in and going out, not to create um, spaces in which actually really what will happen is that we entertain and preserve a status quo by saying that we're doing, we're relying just on the outreach. Um, and you speak about that, don't you, very much in, in your piece, that idea of um, just building sort of new walls, you know, and writing in the same ink, if you like, the same, the same new rules of the same organisations. I think it's really interesting to think about if there is a sort of city centre space, then how is it dispersed? And I was interested to use the term invitation around Sanctum and the terms of the invitation. But I also am intrigued by a two-way conversation. With situations, one of the things we used to talk about was an exchange of expertise. So when artists worked in places that where they were outsiders, um, there was always a bit of nervousness, you know, of parachuting into a place. And so I wonder if something around a two-way conversation or exchange actually is more helpful to think well potentially for a new center for contemporary arts it's both how um, that team work across the city but equally how people come from elsewhere and exchange expertise together and build something together so there's much less a sense of outreach than there is an exchange going on yes and i think within academic circles we increasingly talk about co-production participative um, production. Um, One of the key things, I I guess, around uh, culture and uh, cultural production is this idea that somehow there's almost in a sort of missionary sense, we bring culture uh, from the centre out to the margins. 
And in fact, I feel often when you are the outsider, you delegitimize the cultural production you have. Um, it's not validated, so therefore you don't offer it. And um, quite rightly, totally agree with you that actually what we want to do is create a space in which that knowledge is validated for exchange. Um, but there is a, a question of disequilibrium in confidence, and that's been, I think, created by uh, centuries of sort of canons of creativity, um, what is and what isn't validated. So, so what, that, what would be an example of that? Give me an example of where you've seen that happen. I'll give, I'll give one example, which... Um, so... And, uh, I'm aware of textile artists who I've worked with in the past, um, carnival artists, artists that produce carnival work and so on. And often what they rely on are the skills of their local communities. People would say, well, I just do a bit of sewing, I just do a bit of textile work. And then you realise that actually what they do is put the, all the sinews of every part of them into this creative output. But that it has no space, it has no validity within what may seem to be an art gallery. Um, within the formal sense, and then suddenly when, with an artist um, who's aware of the craft and skill and what's being given and created, then there is a much more level and respectful relationship. Um, and one realises that in many ways, the, truly the difference actually is around access to language, access to networks, um, access to, to those um, foundations that have meant that someone can feel confident to turn themselves as an artist and inhabit a space. It's interesting, isn't it, thinking of that in the week in which the Grace and Perry show opens, or the season opens at Arnold Feeney, and um, his particular valuing of craft skills, uh, and to see that all through the exhibition, actually, but that perhaps the way in which he talks about the art world only validating that through his celebrity status to be the name on the door, as opposed to the people that he's worked with. I mean, to hear Grayson talk about those textiles is amazing. Um, you know, some of the tapestries are absolutely extraordinary, the work that's gone into those. And But I think this sort of blending of questions of a divided Britain with uh, traditional craft skills is is incredibly exciting to witness, actually. And I guess it's also around, going back to what we were saying before, about valuing everyday creativity. And I'm really interested in that, is to think, well, what is the lived culture that's going on in Bristol all around us? There will be all sorts of things that people do every day, whether they go to a particular group or sing in a certain choir, or, and that that has enormous value for the city. So it's interesting to think about how, how does a... Centre for Contemporary Arts going forward value that and, and pay tribute to that. And I think there's a, something to be said about when we talk about exchanges, what do we give each other? As creatives in different spaces, uh, if we, we, we take away this sense of a binary between uh, those who might turn themselves artists and those who don't, and arts organisations who... Uh, might sit on the sort of the, the fulcrum between the two. But what is it that we can give each other? And sometimes I feel that, certainly from my um, academic training, background, life, whatever, um, is being able to ask different questions of what I create and what I write. Um, to be able to, 
to move beyond the craft, to start thinking, what else am I trying? What am I essentially trying to say? What other things can I contribute? And I feel that sometimes we, we miss the point of where the communication is um, and where the lines of communication is. And the exchange... So um, if I can just give an example, but yesterday I went to see We Are We're Still, we are Still Here, which is a, um, a site-specific play, uh, National Theatre Wales and Commonwealth Theatre. Um, former steel workers describing the decline of the industry. In some ways, they were telling their story, um, but in other ways, it was crafted by Commonwealth and National Theatre Wales to create a dramatic experience that had a punch and a universality and an eternity to it, which is ironic given that this is such a specific time. Um, but I, I thought of iron workers from hundreds of years ago and so on, it was all there. Mm. That, for me, represented the, the coming together of different skill sets, different knowledge bases, the realness of the, and the grime and grease of that experience that only those people who worked in that space who were giving those lines could truly inhabit and understand. But the craft of Commonwealth to, to push it deeper and harder. So we are a city that's rich in culture. Uh, we, we, we talk about who is accessing the arts. But in actual fact, the arts are all around us and they are essential to, to the lives of everyone we know. And most are involved in some form of creativity. And so actually, what are we really saying is that um, they are not inhabiting our spaces, but why should they? And so the offer surely must be of exchange and of challenge, challenge to ourselves, but also challenge to our fellow creatives in other parts of the city, that we push the envelope together and we challenge ourselves to think differently. If I think of young people who use spoken word or rap without a sense of the context or without a sense of possibly a wider discourse around gender and power, and if you have access to that experience or that thinking, then that's the gift, that's the exchange point. Edson, thank you so much. Um, Evie Manning, actually, from Commonwealth, will be in our podcast series in October. I really look forward to talking to her about what she's been doing in Port Talbot. But uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Imagine New Rules. All the podcasts in this series are available for download at arnolfini.org.uk. Ensure you're notified of future episodes by following Arnolfini on SoundCloud.